Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy, and welcome home. Cool, cool, cool. Um, you know, I, I know that today, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy day. I went to Home Depot because that's where my, I shop. Um, and if they had clothes, I'd buy it there too. But um, we bought a grill, and we're going to, you know, you know, use it for right after for the burgers. But, um, but I was realizing, man, people are going crazy and at Home Depot, there wasn't any, like, good deals. People were still going crazy. It was, like, this environment of, like, I must run you over and get that screwdriver. Like, people were going nuts. I mean, did you guys experience that? Like, sometimes the deals were okay and sometimes weren't even that good. But people were just, like, frenet- like just nuts, you know? And I'm thinking, man, this is, this is insane. But um, the reason I bring that up, it's because I think the best deal of our lives, obviously, it's still that Christ died for people like us. And that we did not deserve it. We didn't earn it. We did absolutely nothing uh, to say, hey, God, you know, um, why don't you go ahead and die for me and I give you in exchange my life. You know, and in reality, most of us in this room, we still want to bargain with God and say, hey, how about 50% of that life thing? Hey, how about 30% of that, God? It's Black Friday. You know what I mean? It's like, what if, what if instead of saying to God, hey, God, um, how about I give you only half of my week? Or half of my day, how about you say, God, I know it's not enough, but I'll give you everything I've got, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. And uh, maybe we can at least get to, you know, at least, at least being able to say thank you uh, with my face up. You know, um, I wanted to share with you today something short. I don't want to be here too long um, because um, burgers are cooking. But I, I really want to share with you how to be miserable. Is that Okay. All right, cool, cool. So how to be miserable. Do you want to entitle tonight, How to Be Miserable? And I think, um, you know, obviously some people don't even need to be taught how to be miserable. They just do this naturally. But the first thing is think about yourself. Second one, talk about yourself. Third one, use I as often as possible. Number four, mirror yourself continually in the opinions of others. Number five, listen greedily to what people say about you. Number six, expect to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Number seven, be suspicious. Yeah, just don't trust people a lot. Number eight, be jealous and envious of what others have. Number nine, be overly sensitive. Don't elbow anybody next to you, but be overly sensitive. I should have put be an emotional drunk, but I won't. Okay, never forgive a criticism. Trust nobody but yourself. Demand consideration and respect. Key word, demand. Thirteen, think, believe, and act like you are always right. Fourteen, pay attention if people are not grateful to you for favors shown to them. Number fifteen, never forget a service you have rendered. Number 16, avoid your duties if you can, at all possible, of course. 17, do as little as possible for others. And number 18, I love this one, and remember it's all about you. Say with me, it's not about me. It's not about me. So I'm trying to teach my five-year-old that the saddest way to live is by living for self. Because a lot of the times we... We think like we learned these things and we think we already lived them out and then we get into a relationship and you realize how much you still got to learn. Uh, you know, you, I started, you know, I thought I was doing pretty okay and then I got married. I was like, man, Eoni, you're selfish. And she's like, no, you're selfish. 
And I was like, no, I'm always right. Trust me. You know, uh, and, and it was really weird because when you start having deep relationships with people, the best things come out, but also the darkest, the worst things come out of us. Could you agree with me? Yeah. Um, Christ said something so beautiful, and that is that uh, I want to take you to the verse of tonight. It's a beautiful verse, John 13, 34 through 35. John 13, 34 through 35. And I want you to remember this as long as you're part of this ministry. This should be part of your heart. It says, a new covenant or a new command I give you. Sorry, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, Ooh. if you love one another. The Bible says that people will know that you are his disciples, not by how much Bible you know, not by how many religious words you use, not by what you put on your Instagram, not by what stickers you have on your car or t-shirts you wear, or not by the way, you know, uh, you smile at people, but it says by the way you love one another. I wish God would have chosen something easier. Because sometimes it is not easy to love one another. Please say amen. Right? If we are here today, it is because God has loved us. God has had enough grace with us. Some of us here should be dead. Or should just not be here at all at church instead. Perhaps some of you or some of us would. Or deserve to be alone. Instead of surrounded by people that actually care about you and about what happens to you and your descendants but today I realized an amazing day you know we we thought of just going ice skating but I have a word in my heart I believe that God wanted me to share this to you, to you today because so long as this vision that we have decided to do in this church called G12 which is the government of 12 as amazing amazing all it is is simply what did Jesus do Jesus had 12 disciples and that's what we're going to try to do. Every one of us is going to try to raise 12 people that love God, love people, and love life. Amen? People that actually know the Word of God and live the Word of God in their marriages, with their families, in their business, in the way they, they go about school and, and their education, and the way that we treat people, whether you work at Starbucks and give them coffee and your coworker spits in the coffee if they don't treat them right. Just kidding. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that, the way you behave, the way you are. I don't know if you are here today and you're here maybe just because, you know, your friend invited you or maybe because you don't want somebody to get mad at you if you don't come or you like that one girl that worships beautifully, uh, you know, but I believe that you're here because God wants you to be a disciple and he wants you to make disciples. This church only exists to be discipled and to make disciples. The word discipleship is not a word that we use in, in our culture anymore. Discipleship back in the day was very easily understood, especially in the Eastern cultures. A disciple was not just someone who would go to church or someone who, um, it wasn't just a church thing. Discipleship was also in politics. It was in any trade. A disciple was somebody who would come after someone else and learn everything they can from that person as to become just as good as they or better. And the goal of the discipler was to make of that disciple Way better than ever he ever was or could have been. Jesus Christ, he was the best and still is the best disciple maker. Jesus Christ, in three and a half years, he managed to change our entire world. And after he was gone, the true test of discipleship and true leadership is that your leadership, when you're no longer there, 
it still grows and develops and it gets better and better. And so what we want to do today is simply uh, lead you to understand why we do discipleship. Why this church has chosen to do G12. We're about to enter a whole new year. We literally are now, you know, entering the end of 2018. Isn't that amazing? 2018 just flew for me. 2018 is gone. We're about to start 2019. And I want us to be able to say, in 2018, this is what God has done. But here, I'm excited about 2019. Because I know what 2019 will be about. As for me, I will raise my 144. What does that mean? I'm going to make sure that every one of the 12 that we have in this church, like Paige, for example, that she has 100, that she has her own 12 women that are just as amazing as her or even better than Paige. Amen? And so forth and so on. That every single person here is not only able to say, oh, I love Jesus. And people will say, wait, hold on a second. You love Jesus, but are you his disciple? Because the Bible says that this, at least in the word that I read, the word Christian doesn't really come up. It only comes up twice and it's a derogatory term. Oh, the Christian, the little Christ or the Christlets. It's only two times, did you know that? The term Christian doesn't exist in the Word of God. And only twice, it's an insult. But the word disciple comes up hundreds of times. The word disciple is, is, is something that we today really kind of shrug under the under the, the, the church rug, and it's somewhere there. In some churches, it's like a class, you know, or like a, a part of the ministries, the discipleship ministry. This church should not exist without discipleship. Discipleship literally is the core of this church. We are a cell-based church, a church that grows through cell groups because it is in a cell group where you can get connected, where you can get encouraged, you can get confronted, you can get prayed for or delivered, whichever one, you know, needs to be done. You know what I mean? It's a place where you can really be known. And to be known is to be loved. And to be loved is to be known. You know what I mean? Like, and to really say, hey, to actually say, hey, I know this person and I love them still. The Bible says that, it says, a new, coven, a new command I give you. Did you know that loving each other is a command? You ever thought about that? That the people that, is, that, that, the people that are around you, if they are children of God, you have to love them. I know, right? You have to actually love each other. It's not like we have an option. We are to love one another. And you say, well, yeah, that's easy with the person on my right. But what about the person on your other right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, can you really say, I love the people in this place. I love the people next to me. Hardly do we say that to our families. Can you say that to people that didn't grow up with you? I can genuinely tell you today, I absolutely love, love you guys. I mean, I really do mean it. I love you guys. I, I can say I love, <laughs> I really do. But, but here's the thing. Can you say I love you like Christ? Because it says here that the first thing is that it is a commandment to love one another. It says, I give you a new command. And then it says, to love one another as I have loved you. Now, how do you love like Jesus? What is Jesus' love like? I think we're very lazy in the way that we love people. We procrastinate a lot of our, lo our love, don't we? You know, that's one of the biggest enemies of true love, laziness. Procrastination is hanging on to laziness till the very last possible minute. That is procrastination. I'm going to be as lazy as I can, as long as I can, and then finally, I'll finally do it. But have you been lazy in the way that you love the people that are around you. 
I, uh, we went to see my mom. When was this? Amor, when did we go? Wednesday. On Wednesday, we went to see my mom. And I love my, my five-year-old. He's awesome. My, my one-year-old, my two-year-old's cool, too. They're both pretty cool. But, but my, Elijah's just so loving. Like, he's so loving to my, to my mom. And he honestly, like, he confronted me without him knowing on just the way he was loving her and the way he was, like, hugging her. And I almost saw me when I was little, like, not hugging my mom right now. Do you know what I mean? I was like, mm. And so I went and hugged my mom. I gave her a bunch of kisses. And I was like, get away, you know. This is my mom. You know? And, and he, he's like, can I, he like, can I spend the night at grandma's? He like ended up spending the night at grandma's. And like, I'm not playing. Like, he wanted to go live with grandma. He's like, can I just live with grandma? And I was like, that's not a bad idea. You know? But, <laughs> but we ended up like coming back. But the way this kid loves, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. He said, my mom said, I said, how did he behave? She's like, the first thing he said when he woke up is like, Grandma, do you need help with anything? I was like, come on, dude. That's not even fair. You know, like, doesn't even, it's not even, but when was the last time, seriously, you expressed love like a child to your mom, to your dad? And I, I, I know this is not that kind of, the, you know, sometimes we have sermons at church that are just inspiring, motivating. But for real, like, when was the last time you actually... Really genuinely were so grateful to your parents without just saying it, but not being lazy about it, but being exuberant about it. You know, we're talking about, you know, Black, Fri Black Friday shopping, and I don't want to confront you guys too much, but if you want to be miserable, just buy stuff for yourself and just yourself. If you want to be happy, buy stuff for your pastor. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. If you want to be really joyous, start investing into the people that are near you that you're to love. So... I hope that your Black Friday shopping on Black Friday is not over yet. It's also spent into someone that you absolutely need to take care of. Am I making sense that you want to love? But it says here that you have to love like Christ. And to me, this is where I paused the sermon. And where I felt like it was so necessary for me to share this word to you. Because Christ loved with sacrifice. And there is no love without sacrifice. Yesterday we spoke to Pastor Laura. She was sharing with us her love story. How she met Pastor Jorge and how, how much game these people have, man. That's the, the old school game. You know, it's like you, going to be my wife. When? Today. Drop the mic. It's like that. I'm not playing. Like, they like each other. Let's do this thing. And, and now we're married 34 years. You know, it's just like, good Lord. Like, she, he literally said, you want to marry each other, this and that. These are the conditions. She's like, nope. And they just walked away from each other for like two years. There was no drama, no, like, texting back and forth, no, like, now I'm super happy without you. You know, I'm like, Harris Maxim in the face, and she gets to the gym, starts working out, so he could be jealous, and he could be like, oh, my gosh, she's so hot now, and, you know, none of that. It's just like, no, I don't want you. And then two years later, like, she's doing her thing, he's doing his thing. He's like, hey, you still want to get married? Yeah, okay, let's get married. Boom. Get married, have four daughters. I marry one of them, have two kids with her. It's like, like that. It's like this old school love that says, and Pastor Lauda was so encouraging yesterday you know a few of us got that wisdom the thanksgiving wisdom you know and she said something so powerful that how love comes after commitment you know like she was talking about how we have so many expectations of people making us happy like that person has, needs to be doing this, this 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 so they can make me happy and we end up ruining relationships because we have so many expectations for other people because we ourselves are not fulfilled and i realized that this bible verse is precisely about that that you cannot love somebody else the way Christ loved you because you're still hanging on to them to supply your needs, to fulfill you. You see, Christ was able to give it all because he was satisfied. Matter of fact, 
He was so satisfying. Listen to what I'm telling you. He was satisfied and he was satisfying. Why? Because he was not hanging on for dear life to you and I. He stood on something much better. Christ knew who he was. He knew his purpose. He knew his worth. And he knew, listen to this, that whether you reject him or not, he was to love. That's it. He didn't expect you or I to do something before he gave everything to us. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Can you love like Christ? Can you love your disciples like Christ? When they behave like Lucifer. Can you still love them like Christ? Am I making sense? Man, when there are Judas. Can you still say, hey, are you sure about this? Am I making sense? You dip the bread, right? And the cup. Jesus knew already, and yet he still, I know, I know for a fact. Because the way he behaved with Peter was the same way he behaved with Judas. Till the very end, he loved him. Till the very end, he died for him. Christ died for all, including Judas. Let me ask you that question. Can we love our disciples the same way as Christ loved us? Can we love our leadership the same way as Christ loved us? Because God knows that our leadership is not perfect. Man, far from perfect. See, love has nothing to do with what the other person will do for you. Christ's love, as a matter of fact, real Christ's love, the real love, not Hollywood love, not like Bollywood love, you know. Like Christ's love is sacrificial in its very nature. If more couples today, and I know some of you here are married already, some of you are about to get married, some of you want to get married, and some of you don't know you want to get married. But it's awesome if you learn to be sacrificial. The worst possible relationship you could ever be is with someone that is selfish. If you are here today and you came on Black Friday, you're going to get a great deal right here, right now. I'm telling you. Because, because if the person that you're going to marry is in this room, it's going to be good for you. <laughs> But better yet. When you start genuinely saying, hey, God, I want to love like you love. God will give you opportunities to love like Christ. Did you know that, Jasmine? That God will give you opportunities to love your sister like Christ loves. That Vanessa will treat you sometimes in such a way that you say, I got to love you like Christ. And Vanessa, the same thing with Jasmine. You see, because that, honestly, is the way we, we will actually know if we love like Christ. When you get the opportunity to be offended. So let me ask you this. When was the last time you were so offended that you got the opportunity to love like Christ? Because if we don't get offended, if we don't get easily offended, right? If you're like, hey, what the heck? If everybody treats us perfect and everybody's right all the time towards us, then do we really get the opportunity to say, hey, I love you like Christ? Because the Bible says that everyone can love their friend, but can you really actually love your enemies? God always takes it a whole nother level. Can you say, I love genuinely love people like Christ loved the church. Um, there's this, this thing I read, and I want to read it to you, um, because I know that uh, I, I would probably butcher it, if I, butcher it if I don't, but people think too highly of themselves. People think too lowly of themselves, and honestly, just too much of themselves. People think too highly of themselves, too lowly of themselves, and too much about themselves. But what if 
instead of thinking so much about us, especially during the holidays, I know, you guys, so much of the holidays makes us so self-centered instead of so outwardly centered. The holidays shouldn't make us more outwardly centered. Someone said, and I don't even know if it's true or not. I used to think it was. And then I did some research. I, like, I don't know if it's true anymore. Because there's this contradictory, you know, information about, you know, most suicides happen during Christmas. And maybe true, maybe not. All I know is this. As a matter of fact, that there's a whole lot of unhappy people. Because they're always looking to see what they're going to get. Who's going to love me? What about my family? What about what I have? What I don't have? What if during Christmas, instead of looking to satisfy your needs, you start looking to satisfy someone else's needs? What if, like Christ, instead of expecting someone else to die for you, you die to yourself for someone else? What if instead of saying, man, I didn't get this, you say, but I got to give this? Am I making sense? What if in Christmas or Christmas season as we see it, it's not about gifts, but the one gift that is Christ. And I know that today just takes off this season of Christmas. Why? Because when you go to stores, it's no longer Thanksgiving. It's no longer Black Friday. Not everything turns green and, and red, right? Everything is about Christmas. And I want, my, I want to teach my son and my spiritual children as well. Man, that Christmas has nothing to do with you. It's, it has everything to do with God's love. So let me wrap it up with something crazy here that I didn't even realize it until a couple weeks ago. It says that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, people will know that you are my disciples. I understand that love for so many people has to do with saying no, no, no to a lot of things. I love you, so I'm not going to go do this. I love you, so I'm not going to go do that. But love has everything to do with saying big yeses to someone. For example... Yes, I will spend time with you. Yes, I will call you. Yes, I want to sacrifice for you. Yes, I am willing to go the extra mile for you. Yes, I will shut up and just listen. Yes, I know I have the answer, but maybe you don't need the answer. You just need to be heard. Yes, absolutely yes. I'd rather you be comfortable than me. Amen? Loving someone has to do with saying yes to that person and no to yourself. You know, that's one of very difficult thing to do. It sounds like a very simple message today, and it may be. But can you really say no to you and yes to someone else? Because that's what Christ ultimately did. He said, no to me. I don't want to go to the cross. He told his dad, hey, dad, father, if it's possible, please let this cup pass from me. If it's possible. And then he said something crazy. He said, but not my will be done, but yours. And that is the craziest statement that will change the world it'll change your family it'll change everything in your life not my will but yours when I'm with my wife and you know and uh, we're in a disagreement what will solve the disagreement it's so simple not my will but yours and what if she was to say but not my will but yours Hey, Eoni, if it's possible, I would rather not go to the mall and spend three hours. But not my will, but yours. <laughs> Let this bitter cup pass from me. <laughs> but not my will, but yours. And what if Eoni, honestly, what if Eoni was to say to you, you know, really, you know, not my, I would rather not watch UFC, but not my will. Let's do yours. And you know what I would say? I would say, no, 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 honey, not my will, but yours. And he said, nah, not my will. Let's do yours. No, no, stop. My, okay, fine. 
my will. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if we were to learn to love God, I mean, love people the way we love, the way God loved us, I know you guys, the world will look at you like first, like, nah, this can't be true. Like, this is a sect. It's got to be a sect. People don't love each other that way. What kind of punch are they drinking? You know what I mean? They put, they, they put something in their drink. Because the world doesn't think that way, does it? The world is like, whoa, whoa, what's your angle? Like, why are you being so nice to me? But you're smiling because you're trying to sell me something or trying to get me. What do you, wait, you're, you're sell, yeah, you, me. What do you want from me? Did you know that? No, my sister's married already. So what else do you want from me? You know, like, what is it about the world that doesn't believe this? I, feel, I believe it's because they haven't seen it enough. And you know what the cool thing in the Bible says is that this will distinguish you from those that love Jesus Christ and want to follow him and those that don't. This is what the Bible verses that I think will change everything for you today say. 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. Proverbs 133.1. Behold, how good and pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. Romans 12. This church is not built on the talent. Oh, I'm sorry. Romans 12, the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I recommend you read Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And here it is. Here it is. John. It says, 1 John 3.10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obviously distinguished. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brothers. So he's saying that you know that a child of the devil, that's pretty strong, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it, it's the Bible, right? That this is the way the children of the devil behave, and this is the way the children of God behave. And the one difference, the, the difference is the way they love each other. Whenever you hear someone hurting someone else with their words or with their sight or with the way they are treating them, what is our response? What are we to do? Let's look at what the world does. The world laughs. The world keeps going down that road. But the children of God are never to walk that way. I am so proud to be a pastor in this church, honestly, because this is a church that is healthy. It's a church that it genuinely is healthy. It's a church that is not like a high school musical, dude. Like people actually are here for the right purpose. And that is to love God and to love people. To win souls and to make disciples. To be discipled and to, get, and to make disciples. What happens though when the enemy begins to work on someone in such a way that they begin to behave like his kids? So what are you and I to do? And I'm going to finish with this because I believe that this is where you... And I, today, will change our relationships. We'll change the way, the way that we live. And the most loving thing to do sometimes, I'm going to tell you this, the most loving thing to do sometimes is to stop and walk away. What I'm going to teach you today is something that you may say, man, I already know this. But have you ever tried to actually practice it? When someone is saying something negative about someone you love, even if it's true, that you simply say, you know what? I'm not a trash can. I don't need your trash. I'm going to walk away. To simply say whatever you're saying and as cute as you are, I don't understand it because I don't speak devil language. Am I making sense? Like that's just not my language. I don't want it in my heart. I don't want it in my mind. 
The first time I started practicing this was around my friends when I went to my encounter. And I had a, a certain group of friends and, you know, um, I guess you could call them friends, party buddies, friends. Yeah, they were friends. And uh, everything was like innuendos. You know, they had like double meaning. You know what I'm saying? What double meaning? Anybody know what double meaning is? Um, and, uh, and I remember just feeling like really just I wasn't about that anymore. And I didn't know what to do. And it was awkward to not laugh because it's almost like, are you here? Hello? <laughs> you know? And instead, I would just walk away. And I kept on walking away. Did you know that no one noticed except this one girl, her name was Shannon. And she wrote a letter. And, um, and she wrote this letter. Uh, actually, I started practicing even before my encounter. And she wrote this one letter that I will never forget. And she said, I noticed that every time, you know, people say these kind of things, you actually either are quiet or you walk away. And I just want to tell you, you're giving me hope that there's Christian men out there. And I was going to say, <laughs> but in truth, I was like, man, I didn't realize that even Christians will tell who is actually a disciple of Christ by the way we love one another. Did you know that you could actually recognize who is actually a disciple and who is not a disciple by the way they actually love one another? Now, to love like Christ, it means to have action behind your love. Not just to say, oh, I'm loving and I put likes on your pictures on Facebook or Instagram. That's cool too, I guess. But can you love with action? Can you say, I would rather you reject me today than see you end up in hell one day. I would rather you think weird of me than me not be able to do something down the road and see you burn. I was going to show a video and I decided not to because I think it was going to be too strong. But I was looking at the fires, um, the fires of, uh, you know, the California fires. They're all over the place. But there's this lady, and when he showed me the video and forever scarred me. But, uh, you know, there's this video of this lady that went back for her horses. Did you guys see that video? Dude, this lady got in her car went back into the flames to go get her horses. And for the next minute or however long the video is, you could hear this lady literally praying out loud, Oh God, save me. Oh God, what did I just do? What did I just do? And you see flames lit all over. The windshield begins to crack because of the heat. And it's just a matter of time till those tires blow up. I could just see the paint peeling off the car and everything just being so hot. I mean, you think about this. I want you to just, just think about this. Anybody know how hot the fires get? How many degrees? 800, 1,000, 2,000? I'll take 2,000. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you cook a steak, I just want you to think about this. A grill, if a really good grill gets to 550 to 800 degrees, fires get to 3,000 plus degrees because of the winds, the fire, the, everything in there is just intense. Now, this is so wild. This lady went back in there for her horse, and she was regretting it the whole way. What the hell am I doing? What was I thinking? And she's crying. And I'm, as I was looking at that video, I could hear the word of God. And I could hear that one man that was saying, please send someone to tell my family to not come here. Send someone to tell my friends. And now, I don't mean to be you know, like extreme in the way I sound now. But is that, is it really love to see someone with a horrible destination, a way that is really going to destroy them in the future and forever not able to change that? And you keep silence just so they can like you more. Or can you simply say, I love you enough to inconvenience you for five minutes and to tell you how much God loves you. Even if you reject it, then at least I know I loved you enough 
more than my comfort. So this church, this coming year, I promise you this, will be the most compassionate church you will ever step foot into. Why? Because, give God a shout of praise. Because discipleship is not about how loud we sing, although we do sing loud. Discipleship is not about how much you give, although we are great givers. Discipleship, believe it or not, is not about how many times you can go to church during the week. We're faithful people. But discipleship is about how we love one another. I am a disciple of my pastor, and I can tell you how people can tell. And it is by the way I love my wife. My pastor, Pastor Cesar Castellanos, loves his wife and gives me an example on how to do it. You see, my father died when I was two years old, two months old, and my stepfather is at best a roommate of my mom. The, that's the best thing I can say about him, if a roommate, if. So I did not learn to be a husband from my stepfather, and I did not learn how to be a husband from a corpse. So who did I learn how to be a husband from? The Word of God, number one, but I praise God because he gave me a living, walking example. Though I don't spend as much time with him, with him as I would want to because he's not in this country. I get to see him on videos. I get to hear his sermons. And when I do get to spend time with him, I observe. I follow. I listen. To what he doesn't say, I also pay attention to. The way he behaves towards his daughters. The way his wife looks at him and, and admires him. See, I learned how to be a disciple of my pastor. And this is how people can tell if I'm a disciple of Pastor Caesar. Because do I treat my wife the way Pastor Caesar treats his wife? Isn't that interesting? How there's a lot of godly people whose marriage is falling apart. Why do I say this to you today? As the music begins to sound, I want you to just begin to think about this. How do I love the person next to me? Is it with sacrifice? Is it with intent? Am I genuinely intentional, like really, for real, am I intentional about their well-being? Am I looking for their joy, their happiness? Am I looking for their eternity in heaven? If your family is not saved, I encourage you to start praying for them. To not give up. To not for one second give up on your family. Pastor Laura gave a testimony yesterday how her father, who was a, you know, a lifelong alcoholic his brothers are all pastors he's the one guy that didn't walk down that road he ended up leaving pastor laura's mom and they walked away you weren't in the thanksgiving dinner so i'm giving you a little bit of what happened in our family yesterday and she was saying something so beautiful she said you know god's plan is so amazing i kept praying we kept believing that god would do something maybe not the way i thought it would be but now you see Abuelo Basilio, grandpa, has Alzheimer's and he's losing his mind, literally. He doesn't recognize people as he used to. He's repeating the same thing over and over. He thinks Nadia's boyfriend's father is his enemy <laughs> and he doesn't never met him. So he's like, I'm going to get that guy one day. <laughs> it's really funny. But you see, he left his wife, Pastor Laura's mom. What you don't know is that Baba, that's what we call her, it's in Russian, is abuela or grandma. Baba, she's now taking care of grandpa. And she opened her arms and is literally day by day caring for this man. One day left her, 
and walked away because she knew something. He will always be my husband. I will always love this man. And I think about that because I'd say, do I have that in me? To love people in spite of what they've done to me, to take care of them regardless of what people may say or what people will do. And Pastor Laura was saying that to see my parents back together and to see my father not fighting this disease by himself, you know, like to have someone by his side and that being my own mother. Isn't that amazing to be able to say, Lord, like that is God's love. The way that this woman is caring for that man. And why am I telling you this today? Because I don't believe for one second that your life will be perfect. That your disciples will be amazing always. They'll always care for you and love you and honor you. And your leaders will always be perfect and they'll be so great. Sometimes you're going to have to forgive your leadership. Sometimes you're going to have to forgive your disciples. Sometimes we're going to have to love one another the way Christ loved us. Even if it costs us, even if it hurts, Jesus gave it all for us. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is something very, very different today. I'm going to ask you to stand up for a second. McLaren says, The world may not know the intricacies of doctrine or the intimacies of worship with God, but they can tell a bad temper, selfishness, conceitedness, or dishonesty when they see it. The world is a very poor critic of my Christianity, but it's a very sufficient critic of my conduct. The world may not know about your devotional life. Your family may not know about how much you give to God. See, your boss, your, you know, the person you work for, your coworkers, they may not see your tears during praise. But I promise you, they will see the way you love them, the way you care for them, that you're consistently consistently kind consistently patient your mom your dad your brother your sister though they may deserve it or not these are recipients of God's love and so I found that some recipients of God's love are a lot bigger and they take a lot more of yours but you know what it's still the same the same law if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ love one another if you want to be known as a disciple of Jesus love one another please close your eyes all of you and I love to pray that God would open up your heart tonight to a different kind of love a new kind of love if you have been having a hard time forgiving someone caring for someone I want to remind you of 1st John 4 19 we love each other because he loved us first we love each other because he taught you how to love if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he or she is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. The Bible just said to you and I, if you say you love God, but you don't love your brother, or you don't love your sister, then you are a liar. Because how could you love God who, cannot, who you cannot see, and yet you do not love people around you that you could actually see. It takes faith to love people. Did you know that? It takes faith in them. It takes faith in the work of God in their lives. How do I as a pastor manage to love people even if I don't yet know them? It is because I love with God's love. I'm able to see what God will do in their lives even if I don't yet fully know them. I believe that God will do something great in each and every one of you. And so when it doesn't seem like it, I can still say, man, I can see the work and the hand of my God over your life. And I'm excited to see it. I want to be a part of it. May I be a part of your life. 
not so I can get something, but so that I can see, be a witness, give glory to God because of what he's done in you and through you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do now. Open up your heart and ask God to put his love in you. Ask God to help you love your family the way that he loves you. Ask God to help the leadership or help your disciples or help the people next to you the way God loves. If you realize that you have not loved people the way that he loves you, this is the time to repent. It's the time to say, God, I'm sorry if I haven't loved the way you love. God, help me to be a better lover of people. Help me to love people better, God. If you're here today and you've been struggling to grow in your ministry, may I pose a question? Could it be because you don't love people the way God loves people? Maybe God can trust you or he cannot trust you yet with people because you won't love them like him. Maybe you're still depending on the, what they think of you or you still care too much whether they will come or not. It's not about them coming or not. It's are they going to him? That is the question. May I ask you this today? Would you consider a good deal to receive the love of God, the gift that really genuinely keeps on giving all the time, that you can actually keep giving love to people? It's called the endless love of God. And so here's what you're going to do. You're going to simply think of one person in your family or think of one person that you've been needing to love more or one person that has hurt you that you need to love. And love doesn't mean you're going to go back into that same situation. Love means that you love that person and you don't want evil or bad, anything bad to happen to them. That you could actually pray blessings over them. If today you are here uh, and you realize that someone... Um, hurt you in your hurt you in your past and maybe somebody has said something or done something it's a perfect time to say God give me that love for them please maybe it's an ex-boyfriend an ex-girlfriend or to say God please give me love put your love in my heart maybe some of you here is your your stepfather or your dad or an uncle or maybe it's even a teacher I remember I had so much hatred for a teacher. It was so weird. I grew up and I still thought about her and got mad. So I was able to forgive. Can you say, God, I want to forgive. I want to be able to love people. A sacrificial love. I want to be able to forgive people. I want to be able to, to give them in advance what they do not deserve. That is called forgiving. Forward giving. To, be able to give kindness. To give patience. Even if the person hasn't yet this earned it. If they haven't earned it, you get to give it ahead of time. That's called forgiveness. Dear God, I ask you right now that you help us to be merciful, to be help us to be kind towards each other. That if someone here hears something negative, dear God, I pray that you close our ears. Help us to walk away from any coarse or negative talks. Help us, God, to defend those people that desperately need to be defended and those people, God, that are not present. Even if it's true, Lord, help us to never go along with something that will destroy a brother or a sister, God. Help us, God, to be people that are not just right, but righteous people, God. Help us, God, to always, always, always put others ahead of us, God. Why? Because you put us ahead. Because I know, Lord, that you'll supply our needs according to your riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. And we don't need to worry all the time about supplying our own. Thank you, God, because during this holiday season, while the world goes mad trying to get stuff for self, 
Help us be great givers, God. Help us be the kind of people that are joyous and happy to see others blessed and others really seriously, God, that our goal would be to see tears of joy in our families, in our families' eyes. God, to even those that don't deserve it, those that never really get something, that we will be those that give to them. God, help us to be a bridge of love towards so many people that are not loved today. God, I thank you because you have put faith in us. It is in your name I pray. Amen and amen. So give God a round of applause. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish with this that, of course, we're going to go eat the burgers and we're going to pray for the food and all that. We have games and uh, I'm going to teach you guys how to play ping pong if anybody wants to learn. Uh, just kidding. But um, to grow in 2019 ministerially, it would be so painful to you if you don't learn to love people. I believe God is protecting you from growth. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you want to grow in ministry, your ministry, if you want to have a cell group that grows, raise your hand if you have a cell group already. Amazing. Raise your hand, wave it like you just don't care. All right, cool, cool. So a bunch of you guys do. I know a bunch of you guys don't even know what that is yet. That's okay. A cell group is simply a place where you go and you share what God has done in your life and you're able to help other people grow closer to God. It's a time where you really separate to love people and to share with them the Word of God. Uh, and so it's a place of disciples. It's a place where people can really come and be saved. It's beautiful. Um, I know that when you start loving people, like genuinely loving people, it is so much easier, guys, to grow. So 2019, I know it's not ending 2018. It's about to end. But I want you guys to really start getting ready for 2019 to be a year of conquest for you. A year where you say, God, I will love people so much the way that you love them, that you could actually trust me with the people that you love. Amen? Every single believer, listen to me, please. If you're here for the first time, you can cover your ears. Maybe this is going to be like, oh my gosh, too much. But if you are here today and you understand that God loves you, it's not about you. He may be about you, but this is not about you. The world desperately needs your story. The world needs your testimony. The world needs you to get to know God, to love God, to be restored by God, and to share your story. Because I cannot go where you can go. The person next to you cannot reach the people that you can reach. Your pain will not be wasted if you put it in the hands of God. Amen. We love you guys very much. We'll see you guys this week. Uh, and take care. See you guys later. And those of you guys going to Colombia, get ready. Tickets are really cheap. So.